here we go. Spring of 2020. This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast Land Management Series, where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big buck where they are. Welcome to the 1080 Outdoors podcast. This is episode 36. Here with Weston. Just Weston and I today. Weston, how are we doing? Pretty good, Taylor. We're going to cover one of my favorite topics because I can't stop thinking about it. (laughs) And it's structure um, in regards to land management and how to set up your property and how to decide Oh, the different types of structure you put into place, what structure does, what structure is. You know, when we talk about structure, I forget sometimes that I, not even that long ago, I didn't really understand what it was either. Um, so. And I'm going to be the, the bystander kind of. I hope that you are in place as a listener asking yes. questions while I go through instead of me just <clears throat> blabbing and, and going too far into the weeds. And that's a funny little pun there because oh. weeds are structure yes they are oh little 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 <laughs> foreshadowing yeah. into the rest of the <laughs> podcast come on now but first um weston you have a little current event issue you want to talk about i do so as many of you know i'm sure who listen um there was a couple of teenage don't want to call them hunters but i guess we'll call them yeah i think we talked about it probably five or six podcasts ago yeah quite a few and uh we, we talked about exactly possibly what we might like to do to them but you know we don't have to we don't have to go back to that yeah torture would be um, the easiest so basically what they sort. did was there was a wounded um deer and instead of just killing it you know like you should with a bullet they decided it would be cool to videotape them like kicking it in the head and yeah, I got in a really weird fight with it. Yeah, but it was but not, it was not a fight to defend it because it could not defend itself. Were they like holding its head up and like punching it or yeah, they were it in the they head? were and they thought it was really like whatever. So, anyways, comes out today that they the one kid was seventeen, so he got charged with I don't know half of whatever they were supposed to get charged with because they had a plea deal and they can't release his name or any of that because he's a minor, which mm-hmm. whatever. But the eighteen-year-old kid got two years of probation. Zero jail time. And my biggest issue is, you know, especially there's video evidence of how grotesque exactly what they did. And it's just like it doesn't even matter. So he gets two years probation and he can't hunt, no hunting privileges for I think it was 15 years. So basically his charges were cut in half. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, as far as like the justice system would be, concerned failed us yeah again yet again you know we can go on and on about that but yeah i was gonna say as a, as a former, former police officer i'm not surprised right most things that you think should happen don't um i don't know it's uh it's, i mean it's just i quit worrying about what people get sentenced a long time ago I mean, at least the guy, at least most likely they're going to, they got to live with that on their record. Um, I hope, I don't know. I'm guessing hunting rights are in that sentence in some way. It is. Well, like I, yeah, like I said, the 
he has no hunting rights for 15 years. Oh, 15. Okay. 15, I yeah. wasn't listening. So, I oh, think the matter. That's, that's a win because most likely he'll screw that up. They'll be looking at him too. Right. Well, he's not yeah. going to like there's, be a good person. No, there's no way likely. he's going to not like go. And if he is a good person and he made one um, a really odd and strange mistake like that. Yeah. I it's guess. a tough. I mean, we all we did some pretty outrageous shit when you were 17 or 18. Oh, yeah. Would, that you wouldn't even consider doing right now. No. So there is some there's something <laughs> to be said about that. It's possibly a terrible terrible mistake, but Yeah, I mean yeah, see, I'm not. Gonna, I I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cut the guy slackly. You sound like you might be trying to cut him a little slack. No, I'm, I'm just saying. Would that. I kill them? No. Would I torture them a little bit? Maybe. Would I wound them and hold <clears> them down <throat> and kick them in the head? Yes. So I shared it today a, on our Facebook page. Just a peck, 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 peck. <laughs> didn't I, I used to, we used to do that to you, didn't we? Yeah. Hold see, you down I, and peck your head. Th- yeah, and yeah, actually, or. Make me chug a beer. <laughs> either one. Yeah, either one was a good one. So, like, either one was I didn't drink in high school. I came first year of college. All of a sudden, I started drinking a lot because I was forced to. So, I blame Taylor for that, for making me go through a little bit <laughs> like of a I drinking said, problem. Like I said, when you were 17, 18, 19, <laughs> 20, you did a lot of stupid shit. That is true. Yes, I did. Well, so did I. Um, it is what it is. You live and you learn, I guess. Brain dead. I've said, I've said that a lot. Just pretty much 16 to 23, I was brain dead. <laughs> Didn't have a functioning brain. There wasn't. Well, it was there, but it wasn't functioning. It wasn't functioning properly. It wasn't focused on the yeah. right on the correct things that it should be focused on. Yeah. But yeah, for me as well. <clears throat> but I don't think I still don't think I could ever do anything that bad. Yeah. No. No. I. No. You but, couldn't. But there's different. Yeah. There's, Neither could I. They. Right. They have mental problems. Mm-hmm. But. There. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was just the one current. By no means am I saying that anyone would be like, it's okay to do that. But if you thought that, Jesus Christ, if you thought that they were going to go to prison or get real real jail time, you just don't understand the system enough. I mean, there's people that beat the shit out of their, there's people that beat the shit out of other people and just get not like probation, maybe. Well, what about, oh, did you hear right next, right in our community, did you hear about the, uh. 50-year-old man beating up the 80-year-old man with yeah, his own cane at the Menards so parking lot. He'll actually probably get like four years maybe in prison. He ain't going to get shit. It's not, it's not murder. He didn't mean to kill him. So he'll yeah, end up getting pleaded. Get like manslaughter. He'll plead down to some bullshit and he'll get like nothing. Yeah. So it's it's no surprise. 15-year hunting rights is good because most likely the guy's going to fuck up again and then he'll be... Then you can actually probably bury him. The, the, the repeating type stuff is when they actually get time. Is there is there like a le- can they just lifetime ban you from hunting? Yeah, if you just keep repeating. I Pretty suppose. sure. I would assume you can. But like, the problem like, is like the patrolling thing is, of it. It's not an easy yeah, thing to to stop he's him. Probably do it. And it's sure like how long is it going to take for him to get caught? Right. But hopefully they post another watch video. Him. Like he'd be a good one. You know, just harass him. like you will never step foot in the woods without a dnr warden like on your ass right you know for the rest of your life more than likely it's the way it should be put a fucking tracking device on there you go so yeah that was my that was the current event that i wanted to talk about because the news article came out today well it's a good one yeah i mean in other current events like the old land management project yeah um I planted 150 trees last week. Felt uh, felt pretty good about it. That's a lot of trees. Yeah. I, well, 
that's like the new thing I, I get into at night. This is this is a, this is a scary little thing to get into too, by the way. <laughs> you know how you kind of shop around on online at night. Maybe oh, you had a yeah. couple beers. Oh yeah. You know, maybe you're a little under the influence. Yeah. Your buying decisions aren't always the best. Right. Before you'd buy some like stupid light on Amazon or like some dumb, you know, or like a tree stand or whatever. Well, you gotta watch out because then you buy like 150. Or in my case, I bought 300 trees one night. Oh no. And. uh Realized I needed tubes and stakes for all of them. That's an extra six bucks a tree. Or want, like should have like talked to some people who didn't who had planted a lot of uh, seedlings before without tubes and stakes. And they're like, it's not worth it. Just get them. Just pay the extra six dollars per tree though. Per tree. <laughs> so three hundred. That's a that's that's a hefty one. Quick math. Eighteen hundred dollars. Eighteen hundred. Yeah. So I settled on one hundred and fifty. <laughs> I called the lady the next day. I'm like, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I got a little carried away last night online. Yeah, I like your website. You guys did a good job. Um, <laughs> want me to cut that down a little bit. Yeah, just chop that in half. And, I, you know, and I didn't realize at the time either. I was kind of thinking, I'm like, fuck, how am I going to, you know, I remember as a kid planting trees. You dig a big-ass hole with a shovel, and you plant a tree. Well, these are seedlings. So literally all you do is you stick a spade in the ground, wiggle it back and forth, plop the tree in, pound the stake in, put the tube around it. Yeah. So there are 150 trees out and about the property um so i'll t- i guess I, I, we could go through all the trees and why i picked them yeah um that was actually going to be one of my questions so, so yeah hazelnut is one out. hazelnut is a bush a little bit more expensive number one it's a if they do survive and then they start producing like they're supposed to in uh, uh probably three to four years maybe five uh they're actually a pretty lucrative cash crop that's actually probably going to be a lot of um, hazelnut. And then chestnut is a lucrative uh, tree. Um, they produce um, an, act, yeah, people, an actual cash crop, but it just takes, you know, four or five years for them to actually grow up big enough to where they produce. And these chestnut trees are like, seems to be like the hottest thing in the hunting market right now. Really? People are obsessed with them. Really? Yeah. Is it, so it's like a newly found not new, but newer-ish. People are getting a hold of it, and and it's working. I think, yeah. I mean, it's it's better quality than an oak tree. So you think about oaks dropping their acorns, chestnuts drop their chestnuts. their chestnuts, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's even better than oaks. So, um, is it better nutritionally, or do you not really know? I don't. I don't have the. Don't uh, have the I don't actual, have actual data facts. on that. We should probably look that up. Um. I'm sure there's but they're drawn to them. I mean, it's a little bit different. They're they're not they're not randomly throwing or growing through the woods. I mean, in in your forages, right. naturally, the chestnut is actually not even a uh, um, a natural occurring tree that we're planting here these days. So it's the it's the Chinese chestnut that we can plant in our area. The the big one um, in the mid in the mid section of the of the nation that's like really popular for deer is the Dunstan chestnut. Okay. We can't plant that up here because it's too cold. Too cold. So anything pretty much north of the, I'd say, I don't know, it seems like anything north of, you know, Illinois or if there's a line probably in Illinois somewhere in there. Okay. Um, we're in, I'm not going to even say it. There, there's zones you can follow pretty easily for crops and other things. Um, I believe we're in zone three, which is there's only one and two above us. So we're pretty far so north. We're pretty north. Yeah. Um, so the reason why we don't plant American chestnut, 
that Can't. would normally be planted in this area and are still planted in this area is they're, they have an issue with a blight. So they die. They can't survive. Chinese chestnut works against the blight and is cold resistant enough to, to work here. Okay. So what some people have started doing is there is hybrid chestnuts. So there's American Chinese. They bred them together. They're cold resistant and blight resistant. Right now. Um, but you want just. I want Chinese chestnut. Strictly Chinese chestnut. Yeah. Yeah, so there's places in China that are similar climates to here, and they've yeah. been brought over, and these okay. Chinese chestnuts have been performing pretty well in our area. All right. Yeah, I even found some case studies where they're they're actually performing all the way up in uh, around Lake Superior and shit, so even way up. Way up, north. Way up, yeah. So that'll be interesting. I, I, I really can see myself getting really into the chestnut stuff just because it is a lucrative cash crop. Yeah. It's my plan for the rest of the 20 acres. Um, that's bean planted in beans this year, but, um, and they'll actually be, they'll actually run a civil pasture through them. So pasture cows and, and whatnot. But anyways, so the, um, those are like, I treated the hazelnut and chestnuts as like kind of the destination type real, like sweet, like cherry on top sweetener. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to kind of coddle those trees. Yeah. I think I did about 40 chestnut and only 10 hazelnut because they're, they aren't easy to find. They're all sold out, like, everywhere. Mm. <clears throat> so those trees are planted in a square-type situation. So as we get into talking about I'll, – I'll cover this more when we get into the structure. But. So then we have apple trees. I use them. I planted two rows. I planted 50 apple trees. It's the domestic apple. It's nothing that – I don't know. You might be able to Just make the regular some applesauce. or apple tree. Yeah. Like, not um, any sort of special apple, just – they're, yeah, they, they were labeled domestic apple trees. Okay. They're for wildlife. Yep. Um, and those, I'll explain that with my structure talk later. And then I got... You needed those in a row, you said. Two rows. Yeah, two contour uh, rows. So there's, they have a 10-yard a section in between them. That When they're fully mature, I don't know, they'll probably be pretty, pretty closed down. But for now, it'll be a row of uh, corn bean mix. Okay. Um. And then red oak, which I planted along a kind of a borderline. Um, I don't. I just, just I guess just planting oak to plant oak. It was. It's not. It's. It really was used for structure. Um, I don't know. I'm not like thrilled about it. I'm also not too worried about them because I played. I paid a literally a dollar a seedling, so I planted 25 of them. So if they don't make it. Or if I don't like them, I'll just yank them out in like a year or two. And then uh, some Christmas trees, some white spruces. Oh. Yeah. So whites, they were planted much closer together and should be a barrier. Yeah, is that like the, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. They're, they're not my, they're, they weren't the ideal um, spru- spruce, I guess, or they're pine. Just like, they're like the. But they were the, the ones that they had tree. left, and yeah, the, yeah, they can be used as a privacy tree. Okay. Um. I really wanted to get some like cedar trees. Um, couldn't the, the place I got them from were out, and there is some other better privacy type trees, but for this area, we'll try this and we'll see how it goes. It's all about experimenting. And those are probably what four, five years before they. Probably. Well. I mean, Everything about four or five years out. Pretty well, but well, I mean, they'll start I mean, forming see- the barrier, a little, you know, soon. But yeah, 
you were saying something, you see what? Oh, I just I see there's a Christmas tree farm that's starting right outside of Coon Valley. Yeah. I think they planted well, majority, shit, of, them, man. This, I got majority of them last year, and they're, I don't know, they're probably like. Do they have tubes I, around them? I think. Uh, <clears throat> probably not if you can see them. Yeah, no. I don't, I, they're just, I think they're just, yeah, directly in the ground. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I bought most of these through a county extension tree sale. Stupid cheap. Dollar a tree, pretty much for most of them. Coming to packs 25. Um, you get in the nursery stuff, you're looking at five to ten dollars a tree. Yeah, shit can rack up. Yeah, and then if you're gonna do tubes and stakes, that's it's four bucks a tube, and that's I don't know. You people can and have substituted with like um, drainage tubing, like you know, the black shit that has. I was uh, gonna say that's what I had. But have I seen. just with how much money you're spending on trees, the stuff I looked at, and it would cut your tubes costs in half, uh, from what I saw, but. You're, you're you're taking a risk because there's a lot of information out there that shows that they actually burn the trees up because they, they they're too hot they get too hot in the summer. Yeah. When like when with these smaller, ones with I seedlings, I don't know if I'd want to do it. Maybe a, maybe a mama mature <coughs> tree that was sticking actually out of the tube already or something. You know, yeah. like a three or four year old tree. But not not with these seedlings where they're completely covered by the tube. Yeah. These tubes are like light color, pretty much see through and have some holes in them and. Supposedly they're gonna prevent some deer pressure, but we'll see. Look like a bunch of big condoms sticking out of the ground. <laughs> I've yet to see them, so I'll have to go out there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, those are the, those are the trees I planted. So, why? I guess is the, probably the question. Um, because I took taking ten acres of 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 uh, high quality egg production, and um, I'm taking it out of production. Uh, and there's going to be some ag in it, but it's going to be left standing for, for deer. It'll be about four to five acres of, of standing crop left. Um, so what is the purpose, I guess, of the, of the, of the, um, so yeah. So why trees, why use trees and cause you want to like talk about how you can make money back. Yeah. So why use trees and why take up <clears throat> crop area that you could use to harvest the crop and make money off of the land? Yeah, or just for even even if you look at it from a deer perspective, you don't see this very often. It's kind of a, a theory that I've been forming um, where, I, you know, we, we talk about this a lot. But generally when people are consulting and or um, kind of giving advice, it seems that the whole story is not always put through. So like if someone's consulting and they own a food plot seed company or are highly have highly vested in it, and I'm not saying I wouldn't do the same thing. Um, I wouldn't now like just thinking about it. Cause I think you benefit more from just being truthful and trying to help people, but I can see why they do it. You make more money, but if they truly, how do they give you like true and, legit consulting or ideas if they're pushing their seed product like to you like that's right that's you have to question and, and you don't see a lot of trees because trees aren't easily packaged and shit like it's not it's not an easy product not an easy yeah right it's not an easy little seed bag for you um, to buy but 
when you're looking at an open ag field, okay, so I got a 10 acre ag field that's that's part of a 30 acre ag field. So I'm, I'm essentially detaching it from that 30 acre, or so it'll be 20 and 10 now. And I don't want it to be an ag field. I don't want it to feel like a big open ag field anymore. And that's where structure comes in. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, it, re- it really comes down to how, how do you maximize your sightings in daylight? Like, a, you, how many times have you seen a mature buck running down the center of a field, you know, besides on November 10th or got kicked up, you know, from gun hunting? Right. Non-pressured, not just, just a normal movement. It's, it's not a thing. Never. You'll see some dull Rarely. and and whatnot come up and, you know, pretty far away from cover when they're getting pressed for food, mm-hmm. you know. So the structure on these trees is simple. Number one, I'm separating the 10 acres from, from the, the 20, 20, from the 30, whatever. So it's 20 and 10. Yep. Because the 20 is going to be always, that's going to be the revenue producing acres on this property. Any property, you know, I'm going to buy, I'm going to try to figure out a system to put in place that – um, pays for itself because if I can, you know, figure out a way to f- for the farm to pay for itself, then I can go out and buy more farms. Simple equation, right? So 20 acres, I gotta come up. With, I gotta come up with the the system on that. But I'm giving myself 10, and then you know 15 of woods, so about half the property. Um, and that 20 acres this year isn't going to be useless. It's going to be um, beans, but they're going to be harvested in October. Um, so how do you create structure? So that back picture that back 30 acre field kind of drops off out of sight, which is a positive. Um, that front 20 is pretty exposed to the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's little ridges that kind of drop off and then where you can see the change in elevation, you know, where you call it a spine or whatever you want to call it, a high spot. So on that high spot, elevation changes, you lose sight of pretty much everything behind it. So creating structure barriers, Visual barriers um, will open that, will make that 10 acres more um, maneuverable for deer during daylight hours, right? Because right now they're not just walking out and waltzing through the middle of the field, most likely during daylight. So it's all just to make the deer feel more safe to come into that 10 acres. Well, how many many times do you see a deer walking along a wood line, a fence line, you know, the, the edge of a, two fields that are separated by a, a brush slash tree line yeah. that's a fence line. I mean, those are the type of places that, you yeah, know, they where, travel. Where, yeah, right. They're not Rather walking dead center in a field right. most, most of the time. Correct. Especially when you're talking about the rut where you're creating these, that's all they run because they still have some sense of mind for the most part. You, you'll see some of them, they might hightail across the dead center of a field. But if you look at that from an aerial, you probably saw that. You know, there was an end end in big timber cover, and then there's kind of another um, end in big tim- timber cover, and they just happened to cut that in the shortest distance possible. There's still an idea behind what they're doing. Um, they just happened. They just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna I'm <laughs> running across this field." Usually, they would save they would time. either wait till it's dark or whatever. Yeah, save you some time. So there is some of that. You know, you get downwind. They, they, they follow down, they would, you know, cut a, cut an inside corner of a field or something if they can get downwind scent of that timber and, and things like that. Um, but for the purpose of structure with the trees, number one, they provide structure. So structure meaning the line of movement of deer. So letting them feel safe. So in my eyes, structure is kind of like any type of thing that is vertical, 
Yeah. And it's different than the thing next to it. It's like a tree's different than what's planted next to it, whether it be crop, grass, whatever. They're going to most likely follow that border, that structure mm-hmm. that you put in place for them. Structure can be uh, you get you got a big three-acre field of clover and you, you let it, you know, take successional growth take takes over and but you just mow a 10 acre or a 10 yard uh, lane along the edge while it's structure you have taller vegetation on one side you have yep. shorter vegetation on the other side yep. um most likely the deer aren't gonna they're, they'll kind of they'll make their own trails through the tall parts the cover um but when they're they, when they want to get from point a to cover to point b food they'll most likely take those lanes of of uh structure least resistance yeah least yeah. resistance and with structure to hide them yeah makes yeah. sense pretty simple yeah so <clears throat> in my case um those pines or the spruces that i planted are along a line that connects with the um woods one of the main areas that i suspect most movement coming out of a bedding area going to feed and then the um three two to three acre up on top will be beans and corn so that'll be i'll create the destinational type food source there food plot um and yeah, when so up on top, that'll be the destinational food source. You probably have to come in here and edit this, but that's fine. Up on top, that'll be the destinational food source. About two to three acres of corn and beans rotated. Um, that'll be left standing all winter, and then um, the structure from the woods to those fields. They create you know a movement pattern for those deer that they feel more comfortable with, and then you can kind of set your stand locations back on on those movements. So if I'm gonna catch them. Um, coming out of the woods there where they are where they are going to feel pretty safe right on the wood line on their way to that food source um, that structure kind of just makes that line of movement make sense so if you look at an aerial of this property it's kind of like the shape of texas so i have that i have a little like um panhandle coming out the top that's going to be the acre it'll be an acre of beans and corn rotated um, and then at the base of the panhandle, that's where that line of trees would be. And then like up along with the panhandle along the contour, there's other food plot planted. Um, it's, it, I don't know, I don't want to get too far into it cause it's kind of probably pretty confusing when I explain it on here. <laughs> um, so the apple trees are planted for structure purposes as well as food. Um, they, they're 50 trees. Think about 50 trees. So 20, it's like, um, 22 and 28 or something. Um, two different contour lines. So they just run right along the contour. Um, when I say contours, look, if you look at a topo map or if you look at a field, um, the way that farmers farm fields is along contour. So the lines that they farm, um, on a topo map, you, they usually are pretty close to the topography lines when you look at an aerial photo. Anyways, um, and that's the way deer move is along contour. So in the woods, you're going to see all your trails are running along, the, for the most part, along the hillside. Mm-hmm. Um, they Very rarely do you, you have a couple of these dissecting perpendicular trails that come up and down, up and down a hill. Because yeah. they're, for the most part, they're going to run on contour they, they they work this i mean you look at an aerial of of this farm you think that's just because the, that's just the easiest easiest they cover, path they cover the most ground 
and it's just easier and, to do it yep. than go up or down. Well, it's just natural. How yeah. do you, how do how look at how log hill roads are formed. Exactly. They don't just go straight up a hill. They no, run a they contour. Go they gradually contour, go up and down. Um, yep. Um, okay. So yeah, it just makes the most sense. Now, so for this property, think of the contour runs along the bottom side of Texas. Okay. So there's not really a, you know, if you just looked at it, there isn't this, you know, kind of line that would connect that panhandle from the corners, you know? Um, and that's what those trees form. They form a, a tough, hard structure f that they can follow along. Because okay. you're kind of running a perpendicular line of movement there. Yeah. Because you're stopping movement. Because I'm not bringing them all the way up to the house. Right. Or the barns. So you, have, you run this line of contour and line of movement, but you have to stop it at some point, right? So like a perpendicular line stops it. So that whole top section of Texas, and so picture the north section of Texas, that's the stopper. Food plots... Um, past those food plots, they understand that that's that's human, human area, human activity area. They're not going to probably come into them much until dark. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, and the apple trees are, are like I said, food and their structures. So they can in between those trees, there'll be crops and food for them. Um, and stop. Bobo's getting very excited about the uh, apple tree talk. Yeah. <coughs> so hazelnut and chestnuts are food, and they're put for structure. Hazelnuts are more of a bush. Chestnuts are more of a tree. And uh, apples are for food and structure. Obviously, you know what they are. Um, and then the red oaks are kind of more for, uh, you know, a border for structure. Not really, f you know, like, I mean, they'll obviously produce food at some point, but who knows when. Right. Um, and then the spruces are main, mainly for border. Um, I think that's, I guess what, what questions, do you, if any, do you have about like structure and, um, I think the big ones are to, are just thinking about how your deer are moving through your property automatically. Right. And, um, I was like, the, what I was going to ask was how do you figure out where to plant what, but you covered that when you talked about contour. Yeah. So just basically plant it with the contour of the the land and yeah and then and you the when you that, control the way that you think the deer would naturally yeah. want to move yeah and you can it. you can kind of like so when i go you go along the contour at the ends of these these lines of movement you can kind of pinch everything down right mm -hmm. so you can run like say you have like a 50 yard or a 100 yard like section of contoured planting or something of, of similar um stuff or like roll say you have roll planting well, you control the structure like this, then you can pinch everything down at the end of it. So you can start moving slowly. You move that structure, and, and then you can Give create your own a pinch points. Pinch point. Yeah. yeah. Or I think my favorite is to bring a bunch of lines of structure and movement together. You know, it kind of forming like a X or a, um, yeah, even more than a – it's not really – I mean, it's a pinch point, but it's more an intersection, I like to call it. Because pinch points, I always think of, like, there's an end or not an end, but, like, a, it's all along the same line of movement. And mm -hmm. then at the other side of that, there's the same kind of movement. So it's just like a pinch. So if you had a picture, like, a, a guitar line of strings and you just pulled you the center of it together. Pull them together. Yeah. And I do, like, little things like that, too. Like, the, the um, acre um, field 
that I planted that will be beans that I planted um, hazelnut and chestnuts around. Instead of just planting a, a perfect square, I brought the one line of chestnuts in, kind of making a V. So the center part where I'm going to put a blind, um, and and oh, it'll kind of be okay. the ace in the hole for for late season. I'm not. I wouldn't expect a mature buck to walk up with this blind unless they're really desperate for food. For food. You know, December, January, maybe a good gun stand too, or whatever. You know, let the old man sit in it, but. The idea behind that is, you know, you just pinch, kind of just pinch them down. And I control mm -hmm. the structure. It's not really a long contour. It's not really long the natural line of movement. But I just, all I did was it would have been a 50-yard shot or 60-yard shot. But I just slowly brought that line of movement in. Um, and now it's a perfect 30-yard little pinch that if they enter that field, they're going to walk through it. Mm -hmm. Most likely. So, um I structure can be corn, standing corn. Structure can be um, anything, anything that takes shape. Anything that's different than what's next to it. Yeah, all diversity. Yeah, I mean, if you have a giant monoculture, there's no structure. Yeah. Hundred acre cornfield or bean field, there's no structure in there. I mean, there's some little pockets here and there. Outside edges of structure, but if you were to take that hundred acre cornfield and and create these little pockets of of diversity, and then run structure lines to them and from them and whatnot, uh, you, you'd be way more on top of, you'd optimize that line land a lot more, a lot better. <clears throat> so yeah, borders, structure, any other questions? No, not really. That was structure. You explained it pretty well. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's the biggest I think it's one of those big things that it's not talked about a lot because you just get told if, it, you just get if told. an egg field's an egg field, you plant it with a food plot if you're going to take right. it out of egg production, right? Yeah, right. Nobody ever talks about – I mean, I have heard, like, a little bit about, like, kind of creating your own pinch points, but that's when you're, like, in the woods, ways that you can do it with, with just trails and such. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, when you, when you talk about open egg field – and just the idea of planting trees and trying to get them to move where you want them to move, yeah. where they feel the most safe. But then, in reality, if you're hunting, you know, basically what you're trying to do is just make them feel safe and trick them into. Well, it's just if I'm walking down a sidewalk, am I looking at like exactly the way that it's going? Right. I'm most likely going to follow that sidewalk. Right, it's the just, path of least resistance. I'm not mm -hmm. cutting through people's lawns, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part. When you were a psycho little kid chasing after a girl, you would have. So, yeah, deer are going to do that every once in a while. Yeah. But the majority of your deer movement's going to be a long, path of least resistance. structure. Now, don't get me wrong. There's going to be a giant buck that literally just walks through bushes because he's a freak. Yeah. Because he can. Um, yeah. And, and you're not – most likely you're going to have a hard time killing him. But when it comes to the rut, they even are going to follow the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. Right, like so, they're gonna run those structure lines. They're gonna run those path lines of movement, lines of contour, lines of you know the same the same exact trails, or they'll run perpendicular to those contour lines. And you know that's that's another reason you have you make these ran you make so you okay so they say the ten acre field is straight contoured and it's all run along the same movement. You have nothing perpendicular to um to inter like to intersect different lines of movement. That's the kind of shit that the buck wants. Right. He doesn't want just one line of movement. He wants multiple lines of movement, multiple things to structure. So he can cover a whole area 
on a perpendicular line of movement to what all the does are covering because he just ran through mm-hmm. four or five different trails, like highways. <laughs> yeah. So you're, I mean, you're always going to see that in the woods too. Like you're always going to see the line of movement along the contour and there's always going to be um, probably one beaten down, bad, you know, big time intersecting that perpendicular he, trail, but there's he's, other. But he's just checking. He's just using that one to check. Yeah. He would probably use that one to check the main. For, during the rut. Yeah. He's yeah. going to want to check all the main thoroughfares that like are happening. Right. So structure, structure, structure. Diversity, diversity, diversity. Important, That's the important, theory. Important. That's the theory. That's the thought behind it all. So. Good stuff. Yeah, buddy. Hey, if you're still listening, like and subscribe. If you got any questions, send them in. Yeah. Seriously, guys, if you have any questions at all that you want us to answer on the podcast or however, you know, don't be afraid to. Shoot us a message or DM us on Instagram, anything. Um, we try to answer them pretty quickly. And if it's if it's something that we can, you know, if we get quite a few, maybe it's something that we can do to open up every podcast, kind of do a little Q&A. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had a few people, you know, comment and ask questions. But, yeah, if you have any question at all that you want to answer, um, yeah, and don't be afraid to Especially because I kind of talk like a psychopath sometimes. I get, <laughs> you know, I, I'm so... I'm so far in the weeds on shit, you know, like I've, I read like scientific case studies for fun, like hundred page, like disgusting. Like, I can't believe I'm reading these things like science projects, like university, like experiments. Right. They're not meant for humans to read really. They're like meant for um, educational systems, which is the shit I hate. But like, that's what, so I just, I can get in the weeds on stuff. Mm-hmm. I so, think you did you did good today though. Mitchell, do you have any questions about structure? Or about anything I explained? Well, that's good. <laughs> he has none. Bo, do you? Alright, so if you have any questions, feel free. If you have, if you have an issue with what we're saying too. Right. Yeah, go ahead and call in or we'll bring you on. Absolutely. We can talk about it. Alright. But also know that I'm not a food plot seed company that's trying to push by all you know, a food plot seed company is going to tell you this. If you're transitioning 10 acres out of egg production, put it in all food plot or mm-hmm. put it in a food plot. and Big, nice, green yeah. food plot yeah. seed. Yeah. Diversity and structure. Diversity is structure. <laughs> all right. All they right. Get, they get it. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>